It's time for the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldock Molinaroli. It sure is. Uh, this is it. We've got to make all the calls now because after this round, we'll see some price bumps, price up, down. We've had injuries. We've got a lot to talk about on this show. I am Paul Grizad Kapuli G. Ryan MS with us as always. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Great, great. Another massive weekend weekend coming up, and I guess all the all the teams just thrown another spanner in the works. Just if we thought it couldn't get any more exciting as the first two rounds, I guess. Uh, here we go again. Um, a massive, massive show um, lined up for you. Yeah, Peter Han- absolutely. Peter Hanscom as well joining us, of course. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, saw my team go down on the weekend, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting time, as you're saying, Supercoach. And Andrew Muldock Mullinaroli, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, licking my wounds after the weekend, I think we all are, but yeah, Supercoach is there, that's the that's the shining bright. <laughs> that's the shining light. At least that's not going horribly, or as horribly as it could. I mean, there's been a few injuries, but um, i tell you what, if you were able to dodge a few bullets this weekend... Regardless of of how high you hope to get, you're probably you're probably quite happy. Um, look, we might as well get straight into it. Um, Pat Lyons from Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Um, I know a couple of little technical things we couldn't get through, um, but we can go through some of the injuries. And he's he's written some stuff for us to read out as well when we get to it. We'll start with the Bulldogs. Will Hopewadi suffering a fracture to his left eye socket during a head clash. Kerrod Holland injured his right shoulder and AC joint. Um, both luckily out for four to six weeks. And I guess, um, Pete, what we're seeing is a couple of young guys, Brad Abbey and uh, Marcelo Montoya, it was something we'll probably chat about a bit later in the show, but they're going to be a couple of guys we've got the watch list on and, and potentially bringing in in a couple of weeks. They both have looked good in the nines uh, this, this year and Abbey uh, last year as well. Absolutely. You know, as you know, I've had uh, raps on this young Brad Abbey for a long time, um, the Warriors only let him go because they had a bloke called Roger Tuivasa-Sheck coming to the club, and so it was good to see this young bloke get his opportunity. And, yeah, definitely on your watch list to have a look and see how he goes, um, or well, the pair of them. But in particular, Abby, I'm really interested to see how he goes. Yeah, and anybody called Montoya, I'm just thinking Princess Bride. I mean, you get him in on name, name alone. <laughs> <laughs> North Queensland's uh, unfortunately uh, lost Matt Scott for the year. That's terrible news for him. May have even played his last game for the club because um, he's not been re-signed at this point, um, the ACL injury. But it's not just him that went down. Antonio Winnerstein broke a forearm. He's out for six weeks. And Lachlan Coote not named this week with a calf complaint. And Andrew, we've waited for it, but Caelan Ponga finally named and at fullback the position where he can really make most impact. Yeah, I think... Um I think you've got to get him in if you don't already. Yeah, uh, he's gonna he's gonna do well. He's got he's got that super coach look about him, doesn't he? So it's a great match. Uh, get him in. Too. Yeah, he's playing my poor old Manly <laughs> Sea Eagles. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll do he'll do extremely well. And you know, uh, once a player of his his um his standard gets into a team, uh, the coach is really hard pressed trying to get him out because you know he's a a, a, he's a game know, a superstar in the making. Yeah. yeah, he's a game breaker. That's exactly right. He's he's got all the tricks, and, and like I said before, he's got that look about him in the super coach. Um, he can just be a, a, a bona fide star 
within Supercoach. So yeah, get him in if you don't already have him in. It didn't take it that, take you too long from the start of the season to get him in to work his way in because he's that good. Yeah, so um, very happy for him to Cameron. have a go this week. You can start him. I think if some of the owners would have already have him, I know I've got him in my team and probably starting him um, this round because of that matchup. And the interesting thing, Lachlan Coote, usually the you know over the years the safest under the high ball. It's gone to the dogs. I don't know what's happened late last year. He just went suddenly became all at sea, a confidence thing. Every kicker decided to start targeting him. Um, there is some worries there for Coote, even coming back from injury, whether he can hold out Ponga just for form. Um, so it's one to watch, definitely. Um, Corey Norman, not named for this weekend with a mild hamstring strain. Apparently, if they were playing on the weekend, he would have played. This is an interesting one to rest someone only third round in. Ryan, I, I think it's a little bit complacent. And the Titans, with a lot to play for, you know, losing first two rounds, even though they've got injury problems of their own, this has got to be a big boost to them, even psychologically, to sort of have the coach, Neil Henry, say to them, look, guys, they don't even... This is how lightly they want to treat us, not naming their star halfback. Yeah, look, you can look at it that way, and I'm sure that if you're looking for uh, motivation, you would. But, look, to be honest, a lot of it's, well, I'm going to say 99% of it's coming from Norman um, in terms of creativity for the Eels. That's right. So so I, I think that they want to protect him at all costs. And, yeah, it is only round three, but, uh, yeah, I guess it's a long season and they're um, looking to, um, you know, make sure that they, uh, they look after him uh, for the year because if they're going to do anything, they're going to need him um, for, you know, for the back half of the year, that's, that's for sure. Well, he was going to be our number one trade target in, but now we can wait a week. And if you were struggling money-wise to fit him in, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit later in the show, but you know now you've got a week to figure that out. A um, couple of ones I should mention: Blake Ferguson as well with a rib cartilage. Um, I haven't sort of got a lot of information on that one. Um, Joseph Manu coming in. Not sure how long he'd actually be in for, but a couple of guys that Pat Lyons from Coogee Bay Injury uh, and Healthcare did talk about was uh, Bryce Cartwright and Jared Hayne. Jared Hayne with the syndesmosis. Uh, Pat saying probably looking at a good four weeks, so minimum four weeks. Um, we know with that high ankle sprain, often it can go out to six, as he said to us a, a few times with a few different players last year. And the Cartwright one, he has been named. Look, it does look like only a bone bruise. He thinks he'll be sweet to go without any um, lingering issues from it. Um, if you own Cartwright, that's some relief, but you've still got... A real, real hard choice on your hand because he's going to drop a lot of money. Um, over 100000 predicted to drop um, over the next couple of weeks. So that's a tough one to really decide whether you whether you hold on to him or, or let him go regardless of that. Uh, good news. Um, and we do that, of course, uh, for um, Could You Bay Health and Injury Care. If you go to our website, you can follow the link and get, I think it's a 20% discount, pretty good discount there at there, www.supercoachpros.com. Hopefully we can get the connection going with Pat next week and, and, and get his advice in the person, in the flesh. Uh, let's go move on to what we learned. Um, and I guess we were talking Cartwright and the Panthers. They certainly did return to form. Um, and I wonder, Pete, the guy really was noticeable was Matt Moyle and he was in absolutely everything. Um, what does that mean for sort of if, if obviously if you own him you're happy if you don't own him but you're maybe on your watch list 
you know, what are you looking there? Tyron Peachy, of course, another one that um, pretty impressive and might be a, a must own. Well, that's it. Um, prior to the, com- the competition c- commencing, Penrith was seen as one of the real favourite teams and some plenty of good young players in there, uh, including someone like Matt Moylan's been there a couple of years now. Then when they had the, uh, the loss against the Dragons where none of their players really performed well at all, um, there was media floating around. You thought, oh, you wondered. And then how they're going to go against the Tigers and they just absolutely cleaned them up. Sorry, Paul. Um, <laughs> but yeah, someone like Matt Moylan, particularly with at fullback, particularly with injuries to, to players like Jared Hayne, who you may have had in your team, he might be someone that you could think about bringing in, uh, have a look at their matchups over the next couple of weeks. And you'd expect Penrith to, I think, to, to keep going on their winning way for a little while. Yeah, and Tyrone Peachy, Andrew, um, I'm thinking maybe a, a, a must bring in. Yeah, I mean, if you don't already have him, he had a, a great day out against the Tigers. And, um, you know, they've got the Roosters this weekend and, and Blake Ferguson's out and he'll be marking up against that weakened side. So with Joseph Manu, whether he actually plays in the centres or not, uh, Kenny Dow might, you know, fill that void. But he's had defensive issues himself in the past. Exactly. So, so and you know how um, good at uh, PG is at breaking tackles and just, you know, sneaking his nose into the line. So I, I really think if you don't already have him, he, he's a, a must bring in very shortly, or this weekend, sorry, just because, like I said, that, that weakened uh, Roosters back line, I, I think he, he might take well, full advantage of it this weekend. Yeah, and the thing of it is, he's due to go up. I think seventeen thousand this week, and then thirty, and then another twenty thousand the week after. The big one hundred and five, you know, he's going to get that double bump. So, I mean, worst case scenario, if you just can't get him in this week, there is room to manoeuvre. I think for next weekend, but but those um, prices are st- starting to go up. I'm not sure if he'll go back down to the three eighty seven he's currently at, at all this year. The way that he started the season, uh, South Sydney. Ryan is the other one, and I look at Cody Walker. Speaking of predicting to go up, I mean, he was a high price, four forty four thousand nine hundred. So a lot of people would have stayed away, but he's got a good matchup. He's got the Knights this week, predicted to go up thirty thousand with another big score predicted for this week. Obviously, if he doesn't hit that high nineties, um, he, he won't get he won't be, get quite the bump. But certainly not going backwards price wise. No, exactly right. Um, he's got a Round average at the moment of 99 and a half. So he's going all right. Um, look, I think that he... Look, he is really expensive. Um, and I'm not sure the reasons why he's that expensive um, compared to the um, some of the other players. Um, but, look, you know, if you're paying top dollar, then you're getting top return, really. So he's... Yeah, I, I think he's probably worth a look. Depends on... Of course, the makeup of your team and how much money you want to you want to actually buy. It's interesting. You want to actually spend. Sorry. It's interesting. The halves this year really, you almost want four gun halves. The way that these guys are putting up these massive numbers, you know, Corey Norman, Luke Keary, yep. um, Walker. You know, we've got the, the the usual reliable Thurston Johnson. They haven't let anyone down so far. They've had decent outputs, and a guy I guess we've got to talk about Pete. Because they've overachieved again, Brisbane. Wayne Bennett, they, every year he does it. But it's Anthony Milford. He's been outstanding. And these have been tough matchups. It's going to get easier for him. And he could even get more Supercoach points um, after the first sort of five, six rounds when Brisbane gets some easier um, oppositions. 
Well, that's it. You know, uh, prior to this season, everybody um, was saying, and all, as soon as the draw came out at the end of last year, um, oh, what a tough draw Brisbane's got for the first six rounds, you know, like Cronulla down there and, yep. and the Cowboys and, you know, all of, basically all of the top eight teams from last year in their first six, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, and Milford had been very good last year. He scored some big scores over 100, but he'd also had some a, a bit of a, a few flaws too. I remember a game against the Titans where things didn't go quite so well for him. Um, but yeah, he's he's come back with a vengeance this year. Looked really good. Uh, scored a great try against the against the Sharks. He's up against one James Maloney there. He might have been a little bit unlucky to miss out on man of the match in the grand final last year. So yeah, tough match up there. And again against um, Michael Morgan and on um, last Friday night. So, yeah, it, it is amazing that the Bronx are, are up there again, but they are, and if you've got Milford already, then then good luck to you. I'd be, I think I'd be hanging on to him. If you haven't got him already, he's one of those ones where you might not get 100 points every week, but I tell you what, when he does, he'd be a good point of difference for you um, up against you, uh, some opposition, you know, some of your opposition 5 eight, that's for sure. Pretty much... Uh, due to hit his break even this week a total of around that 65 um, score should do that and the next week a similar score might lose him a few dollars but not a lot so if you own him as, as you say Pete there's no harm in continuing there and if not maybe just keeping an eye on him for the right time to bring in particularly he's probably not likely to play Origin um, we discussed last week the Roosters players I think they're still you know any of them are good targets, Andrew. Boyd Cordner, you know, we were, we were both on him in the pre-season and the ball, you know, kept going out the back in round one. But in round two, Kiri going short to Cordner and, and he went off and realistically had Josh Morris not used, moved to the right side to defend because of the Kerrit Holland in, injury, him or he could have gone even higher and Latrell Mitchell, who was a bit of a dud, would have probably come up with a decent score. Yeah, I mean, Cordner... I- I think he's a good point of difference. Not everyone, you know, thinks of Cordner as one of those super coach guns, but he really is a, um, a stable player. I mean, he's averaging, I think, sixty-seven or something like that. So it's it's not a not a bad um, not a bad little average, you know. And you can always depend on him. You know what you're going to get w- with him. Um, loves to break the line, and he's good good with the offloads too. Yeah, I, I really do rate Cordner, and you know he's. A little bit pricey at four sixty six, but um, like I said, I think he's a bit of a, a, a point of difference this year. Not lot, a lot of people are targeting other guys, I think. So, like I said, yeah, good point of difference, I think, Cordner. And the Storm, very um, impressive showing against the Warriors. And I know, Ryan, we talked a lot about Cameron Smith that caused a bit of a stir on Twitter because we were hypothetically looking ahead. Um, but this is why you get these studs in, because he, a game like that and then... You know, you don't have to trade him out, but it's always up your sleeve that, you know, if a guy hasn't put up the big numbers, you don't have to lose all that money. The, the, the 523 doesn't have to scare you because you've got those first couple of rounds to kind of figure that out. And, and you know, we're going to talk a bit about trade strategy going into round three. Well, a lot about trade strategy as our main topic um, shortly on the show. But uh, if you've got guys like Smith and Thurston and Sam Burgess... You're looking pretty good right now because they were all putting up numbers that aren't going to cost you, you know, a lot of money. No, that's right. Um, absolutely not. I mean, um, I think Smith is due to lose maybe twenty 
20 grand, um, which brings his price down to about 500, which, you know, if you don't have him and you wanted to get him, then well, you've got him 20 grand cheaper. Um, you know, no, no great harm there. Um, if you've hung on to him, then there's no great harm there either. Uh, it's just the way, you know, it's just a different way of looking at things. And especially with guys like Burgess, who is very base stat heavy um, because he doesn't score a heap of tries and he's not a guy who's going to kick goals or anything like that. It's all up to, you know, tackles and metres gained and all that kind of stuff, offloads. Um, they're the kind of guys that you want, the guys who are solid. They're, they're pricey, but they're the superstars and they're going to give you solid points each week. Yeah, and Smith, 20 of his points were in goals. So we see the difference, the variation, you know, in a 12-point game when you know, they're still only putting up 12 and when they're getting, you know, 20-plus. And that's going to get... I think you're going to see a bit bigger swing with Smith this year than maybe in past years based upon that. Uh, let's move on to the team changes now for this week. Um, Melbourne and Brisbane, that opening kickoff. Um, or kick off for this round. Slater, Billy Slater's in for Cameron Munster, who moves to 5'8", Riley Jacks. If you had him ahead of Jay Field, you're laughing until that news. You're not going to get that bump now. Um, not that Field's giving you a bump either. He's not, not playing. Um, so a bit of bad news there for the fourth halfback, 5'8". Maybe if you don't own Brock Lamb, you're trying to find a way to get him in this week unless you can afford a guy like Luke Keery or, or Corey Norman. Um for for the Bulldogs, Brad Abbey and Marcel Montoya, as we mentioned, both great cheapies in for William Hopewadi and Kerrit Holland. We'll put them on the watch list for now. Um, the Bulldogs, of course, playing the Warriors. Manu Vatavai is back for the Warriors. Bodine Thompson and Jacob Lilliman are going to start. Um, Bunti Afoa and Charlie Gab back to the bench. Tumalola he I should say, has been dropped, Andrew. That's an interesting one. We saw McFadden do that last year, and there was a lot of condemnation on him, but Stephen Kearney's pulled the same... Um, the same call after only a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's surprising, but like we said last last week, uh, the Warriors, they just churn out these outside backs, so there's always pressure on, and, and if someone doesn't perform, then there's someone willing to, you know, come in and, and make a good fist of it, so I don't see it as a massive um Shock, really. Like I said, they're, they're pretty consistent with their inconsistencies, um, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, no surprises there. A lot of changes for the Gold Coast. Tyler Cornish, who we liked in the nines, he's in at fullback, so we'll be watching him. Will Zillman and Dan Sargentson are back. Ignatius Parsi, Ryan, one of your favourites, gets the nod ahead of Levi Pulu, but uh, Pulu does go to the bench along with... Um, Ryan Simpkins, I want to say his dad's name, Robert Simpkins, but Ryan Simpkins on the bench. Um, while the Eels, as we said earlier in the show, Corey Norman out, Jeff Robson in. Um, that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, going, moving forward, because the Knights, Rabbitohs games, there, they're both 1-17 to to the, to the um, Panthers-Roosters game. Manu in for Ferguson, the only change there. We think Sean Kennedy will play at right centre and Manu at right wing. Um, just based on what we watched uh, from the Roosters last year. So uh, Manu has been named in the centres. Um, the Cowboys, we said it earlier in the show, not only is Kalen Ponga and Javid Bowen in for Lachlan Coote and Antonio Winnerstein, Patrick Kafusi is going to get at the start with no Matt Scott. Sam Hoare comes onto the bench. Uh, Ryan, I guess the big one is Sean 
Fensom named as 18th man. Now, Jason Tomalello tonight has lost his uh, um, shoulder charge, or fighting the shoulder charge charge, which means he's actually out for two weeks now. This is an interesting one because a lot of people looking at Cohen Hess, um, surely he was probably unlucky not to get the start even with Tomalolo there, with Kafusi getting it ahead of him. Surely now he gets a role with Lowe maybe moving to lock. Yeah, well, look, I, I think Hess is either going to play, yeah, either 13 or, or 12 with, yeah, Lowe, Lowe would be the guy moving to lock if that's going to be the case. Um, and looking at who else is in the 21, then Fensum is the sensible option. You'd imagine mm. that would come in. Um, on the bench... Well, look, and, and I mean, it's not out of the realms of possibility either that Fenton ends up playing starting in the 13 either, but that would be a bit of a kick in the teeth for the guys who had previously played on the bench for the Cows. Pete, is, it, is Cohen, you know, we'll probably talk more about Cohen Hess, but, geez, he's been impressive um, first two weeks. Absolutely. Well, he was impressive towards the end of last year, if, right. you, if you remember. He played in the... Uh, uh, the final round game, I think, and in the, in the couple finals. of couple of games off the bench, and then he played a, a role in the, yeah, very late in the season. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. They've had massive reps on this bloke for a long time as a local junior up there, and it'd be great to see him get his chance. And you know, given a couple of weeks, said so with Tomalolo out, maybe they and with um, with Scott going long term, he might be able to force a, a permanent spot in there. As you say, at the modern game, we have the eight, ten, and thirteen all being essentially props is a big unit. And so I wouldn't be surprised you say if he plays the plays the lock and, yeah, he's, he'd be a good uh, super coach fella, I think. I think he'd play a lot of minutes. Yeah, well, we've seen every time he comes on, he plays on that right edge and low moves in. So I think I think we can rule out him playing lock. I think for sure he plays on the right edge and he could play 80. I think there's no drama with him doing that. And he's just so, he's so dangerous, so close to the line um, that... You know, a chance of him scoring, getting a 17, you know, scoring a try. It's very high as long as he's out on the field. So that's And Manly's one. edge defence is dodgy <laughs> at the moment. So. At least, at least um, uh, for, for, for Manly, the left side defence isn't as bad as the right side. So they might defend him a bit better than the likes of Gavin Cooper and uh, Jonathan Thurston. Oh, it's giving me nightmares. Right? <laughs> well, they have made one change. Uh, Sean Lane back in for Billy Bainbridge on the bench. Probably not going to be <laughs> much. don't know if, how much impact that's going to be for you, Andrew. Um, let's move on to the Raiders-Tigers game. Jared Croker back for the Raiders. So Elliot Whitehead moves into second row. That's going to be an interesting one in a couple of weeks. He scored 10 last week, Elliot Whitehead. This was a guy who was a proven performer in the back row for your Supercoach team last year. Um, getting a 10 means in a couple of weeks he's going to be at a very juicy price, so keep an eye on that. Soliola goes to the bench. Clay Priest is back. He's also coming back via the bench. Dave Taylor has been named. Interesting one there as uh, in the 17, while Jamal Idris has been dropped for the Tigers. Tim Grant coming back um, from, I think it was a stomach bug that he had, while Cronulla and St George have remained one to 17. Um, this is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. We do it each and every week on a Tuesday night when we've just named the teams that we just talked about um, right here. And you can follow us on Twitter at SupercoachPros and you can send us out, uh, send us out tweets um, uh, to ask us questions. We've got a bunch of them to get through a bit later in the show. Um, first of all, uh, we'll just look at the big names for round three. Um, and I should mention before we get into the big names, 
also the website www.supercoachpros.com I had a blog up there what we learned um, that was up on Monday the game recaps they're very important to have a look at if you didn't get to watch the game a quick peruse over the game recaps between the four of us you know we, we watch every minute of every game and get you the the info for you that sometimes otherwise could be missed or can't be found you know just by looking purely at the stats um, and then the previews to, speaking about you know looking at stats and the maths that goes into to coming up with predictors and predictor models that's where we write the previews out there out on Wednesdays with those predicted scores in brackets that um, they're very very useful um, to have a look at whether you play daily leagues or whether you know you're just looking who to stick the captaincy on um, you'll see I think Cody Walker was our pick of the round last week and um, he came through in a very big way for you if you had him um, in, in daily leagues or, or if you owned him and made him captain, you're absolutely laughing. Um, the big names for round three, speaking of the predictor, again, Cody Walker's big, along with Adam Reynolds for the Knights. Um, Luke Keary v. the Panthers. And, uh, well, we, we mentioned, Andrew, you mentioned Cohen S. If he starts, he could go large. We have him predicted to play big minutes, therefore getting a big score. And, of course, JT. Um, Ryan JT could be your captain choice this week. With, with um, you know coming off the back of Tedesco, a bit of disappointment last week. If he was a lot of people's captains, um, JT looks like you know, he's got he's got the match up and maybe a bit safer. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, given the fortunes of both teams at the moment um, and the way uh, the form's going, uh, JT hasn't had a massive game as yet, um, super coach wise. So you kind of think that that's just around the corner, um, but it, um, on on the evidence presented at the moment, it looks like this week is the week to make him captain. Um, for you know, even if he has an okay game, it looks like the Cowboys are gonna go pretty well um, against the Eagles. Um, Sean Johnson v the Bulldogs, Andrew. What do you think of that one? Because that's coming up as a as a as a nice matchup for him. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Johnson hasn't been disappointing at all. I mean, his first game was against Newcastle and, you know, we said load up on him. Um, Storm, obviously a different proposition, but he still scored pretty well, which, you know, that's, you know, 56 against Melbourne, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind it. I think there are better options, like Ryan was saying. I think JT is probably a better option for captain this week. But, I mean, again, like a point of difference, he's not the most... Um, you know, unusual or, or it's not too far out to think, you know, that he could go large this week because the, the, while the Bulldogs have been okay, they haven't been great. Um, and, yeah, Johnson, he, he's very quick and, the, and the, the Bulldogs have got some big forwards, so he could be he could wreak havoc. But, like I said, I think there are safer options around for captain this week. Interesting they play, you know, the, the, that game at 6pm on a Friday because Pete... You know, we talk over the years with the vice-captaincy loophole. It's getting used more and more. And the reality is with all these injuries that have hit and some of these cheapies, you know, not playing, you may not have a lot of guys on, on your bench. And the less guys you have on the bench, then the more useful the vice-captaincy loophole is for you. So, you know, would Johnson then, you know, whack the VC on him, see what happens if he does get over 100, then you can figure out, you know, how you're going to make that work um, with, with turning him into, you, you know, your captain through the vice-captain loophole. Absolutely, yeah. It's a it's a perfect idea for for a player like Sean Johnson, who yeah can score some some big points. I know that um, 
it's funny that the Warriors don't have a great record in New Zealand playing away from their home ground in Auckland. Mm. Uh, as you know, this is a Canterbury home game in New Zealand. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I see the Bulldogs going all right in this game, and I, I don't know that his score is going to be great. But, yeah, it's absolutely for Vice-Captain Lou Pollard. It's, it's a game early in the weekend. Um, well, why wouldn't you go with the with the, with him as the vice captain, as you say? See if he scores big. He's up against uh, Mbai and, and Reynolds, and I'm I'm not over the top on their combination. As uh, other guys said, you know Canterbury got some big forwards, so he could could wreak some havoc. It's it's mm. going to be an interesting game, interesting uh, game for Johnson as well. Finally, I know you're heading out of the game, uh, Ryan. The Raiders v the Tigers, but. Uh, the predictors saying, you know, Jared Croker, even though it's his first game back. Josh Papali could go larger on the left against the Tigers' right-hand side defence. Their left-hand side defence is not too crash hot either, so maybe this is the week that Lalua and Rapana come back to 2016 form. Um, you know, Tim Smith is not in the lineup anymore, but it still could be shades of last year, 60 to 6. <laughs> well, look, it could be. Um, and I think, I actually, where I think the points are going to be... Um, apart from those two possibly cashing in, um, will be uh, Papali and Whitehead. I know you mentioned Whitehead had a low mm. score last week, but he's back in the second row now, and I yeah. think they're lining up um, the Tigers in number seven even now. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, going to put the pressure on there. And um, if anything, if history is anything to go by, then um, they're going to have some success in that area. Uh it's yeah, it's going to be tough. You just don't know what's going to happen. Like I wouldn't have expected the Raiders to get done um, by thirty odd um, no, against the and, Sharks. And this is a revenge game, game either. So yeah, the Panthers just, had a revenge game last week, so it's another revenge game. The Tigers are going to cop it. Yeah, it looks that all signs <laughs> point to that. And they had that tough one against the Cowboys the week before. They turned up a bit flat, I thought, after that round one, you know, extra time game. And no surprise yep. that Jack Whiten was their best player because he didn't play in round one. Yeah, I mean, the one time you don't want to play Canberra, I mean, they're a great team. I really <laughs> rate them. I love their outside backs um, is when they've come off a pretty, you yeah. know, humiliating but loss. Ricky Stewart's and, you know, not going to let them forget that loss. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I think you guys are right. I think um, their forward's going to go well. I think BJ Lelou is going to um, go absolutely crazy um, this weekend. All right, let's also have a look ahead to round four just for some of those matchups when you're looking at bringing those trades in. And you've got to know that the Cowboys get the Titans in round four, the Panthers get the Knights, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs um, clash while the Warriors play the Dragons. So a few teams there um, of interest. Speaking of trade strategy, um, look, in many ways it's the, the biggest week of the year, Supercoach-wise. It's the one opportunity. You've only got two trades you know, if you've made a mistake heading in or you, you wanted to adjust something or you just want to make sure you get that cash cow before it's too late and they they pop um, or get rid of a guy like a Cartwright because they're down, uh, going to lose so much money, you know. Uh, it's all on this, um, the, your two trades this round. Um, so the questions we've had from Eels by 20, um, how important this week is in the scheme of uh, the pay increases being detrimental to your foundation, what is your recommendation on the trades? And Jono asking us the ultimate conundrum to cash fee trades. If there's no dramas in your team, should you trade or preserve? And, of course, we're talking overall here. 
um, head-to-head. You can certainly be more conservative with your trades, and you should be. But in overall, where you know cash is king in many many ways, um, because you want to have such a gun lineup, you know, after these few weeks are done, where you've you've, you've been able to make enough money, then that's what you're trying to look to do. Interesting enough, um, you're speaking with you know Bill, the, uh, the owner of the Wildmen, where our sort of overall expert. We did a one-on-one podcast with him that's up on the website www.supercoachpros.com backslash audio. We reposted, even though it was from last year. Uh, speaking to him at the end of last week, he said this will be potentially the first year he's not making trades in 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 the, in that all important round two to round three, just because all the sort of gambles, I guess, he took on the studs, those big big name players, they've all come through. No injuries for him. Um, you know, obviously a few people have suffered with Cartwright or Roger Tuivasa-Sheck or Jared Hain. Um, and even though Tuivasa-Sheck's back this week, you know that the fact that he took a low score makes it tougher, but uh, um, you know, Andrew, you look at guys like Sam Burgess playing well, Jonathan Thurston, Sean Johnson. You know, Cam Smith came back. You know, Tedesco not so good last week, but was good the week before. It's probably unprecedented to see this many guns do do this well um, in the first two rounds. Yeah, there usually are a couple of um, season-ending injuries or you know something like that yeah, that yeah, really the usual Paul Gallons out works. <laughs> after round one. <laughs> yeah, and. I mean, the only thing I would say is if you don't have, you know, one of those cheapies that are going to make you some money, I mean, someone like a Moses Sully, if you don't have him, I think you need to get him in because he's going he's gonna to make you some money. And, and, you know, someone like a Brian Kelly, he's going to make you some money. I think you need to get these guys in. Um, you know, even if you are all good, you know, if, if you if you just got someone sitting on your bench that's not going to make you any money, I think you need to think of that that way. Um, yeah, so I, I'm... I'm suggesting, you know, having a look at what you've got and how much money you can make just, you know, on the next two or three weeks because, you know, that's how you build up your salary cap and that's how you get the more guns into your team by the end of the year. And what's interesting, you know, now's probably a good time to take a look at it, is, you know, we're looking over the two rounds because obviously you get that second pop in round four, a lot of a lot of players will pop if they're low in score because of the percentages of how Supercoach calculates price rises. You will see those gradual increases, even if you only keep to your average when you're a low um, a low cost. Um, so we we kind of try to look at it at, at a two round uh, uh, two round pop. Luke Keary's the highest, so even though he's not a base cost, he's at two seventy two. He's the most uh, if you haven't, if you didn't bring him in after his big round one game, you probably have to bring him in this round. He's predicted to go up ninety five thousand dollars in the next two rounds. Um, Moses Suli, Andrew already mentioned, eighty seven thousand in two rounds, including a whopping sixty three this round because, of course, his first round was the big one. So you, you're going to want to probably, if you if you need to get him in, you've got to kind of do it this week. Cohen Hess, there's a bit of time. He goes up 81 over the two as long as he's getting those game times um, this week, which we predict he will. But it's 44,000 the first time round, and then another 36 the following. So it's not as critical as Suli to get in this round, but you still really got to look at it um, unless you think you know he won't get the minutes. Wade Graham's right up there. The concern with Wade Graham because he's already at a high cost, 374. Once he regresses back to the mean, you'll lose that money in the next couple of weeks. 
whereas some of these other guys can stay at that consistent level beforehand. The same can be said with, with Bryson Goodwin because of that big game in round one. Dean Farre, well, hopefully you, you, you survived the 12. Yes, he won't go up as much next round, 34,000, but then it's up to 72. And the one on the watch list is Robert Jennings because he's got to wait two more rounds, but it's looking like he could go up, you know, 50, 60,000. Now, that's a bit rougher because we've only got the one game to look at there. Um, some other guys, Pete, uh, hopefully you've got them. Felice Kafusi. Uh, Brock Lamb, Jaden Braley, these guys have, have done well as cheapies as well and, and hopefully you've, you've already owned them because you're going to get a nice couple of weeks bump out of them and maybe a bit more. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, it's good to see that um, someone like Brock Lamb in there, he was yeah basically a nobody last year and he's, he's played well the first couple of games and, yeah, good cheap um, option in the halves there from, from Newcastle and, yeah, it's probably helped their form a little bit. Um, he's been up against a decent player in the halves against the Warriors in the first round, but that didn't sort of affect him too much. He's not setting the world on fire getting 100, but, you know, he got a, I think it was a 40-odd in one of the rounds. So I think, um, yeah, for a, for a cheapie, I think he's he's good. If you got him, as you say, very, very good. He's in one from left field for you, Ryan, um, due to go up over 50,000 over the next two rounds, is the Knights, uh, the Ross dog, Nathan Ross. Yeah, that's right. Look, I quite like him as a player, um, but to be perfectly honest, I hadn't thought of him um, as a super coach um, option purely because, well, the Knights, you weren't sure, you know, you were sure they were going to go better, but not um, not as good as they've gone in the past two weeks. I've uh, been quite competitive. Um, and Nathan Ross himself... Um, has scored 168 points in total and 84 um, as an average, which is um, outstanding. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, he's he's 319 at the moment. He's probably due to go up nearly 50, um, at least next round. Um, so I think he's a good option, but, geez, you've got to want to be careful because I think that price is a little bit prohibitive on him, um, given... Newcastle probably won't be as consistent as the other sides. And Cody Walker and is another one we talked about before. He's also due to around that 50, 57,000. I think he's is Ross 53. But, Andrew, then it gets us back to that question of Jono. You know, there's no dramas in your team because some of these guys are, are good. But, geez, they're probably not knocking down the door. Nathan Ross, even Cody Walker, is probably not, not knocking down the door of your team. No, you're right, and, and um, Ryan touched on it. You know, I think Ross's price is probably, you know, pricing himself out of the market there. Um, same with Walker. I mean, I know he had a good game against Manly, and we did kind of say that he would, but oh, I just think that the season might be a bit too long and arduous for both of those guys to have a serious look at. And I know that's a nice little price bump, but, you know, he's... he's you know, that's that's gun money, and once you spend that, you want to kind of keep that in your, in your team. You know, you don't want to be trading, wasting a trade on that sort of stuff. So I think, yeah, there's there's other other people to look at. All right, I, I, let's get into some of these other tweets uh, now. And I should say before we do, Eels by 20, of course, asking that good question. There's a bit of a shout-out um, for the Eels fans up on the Gold Coast. They're meeting at the Dog and Parrot Club in Rabina to head to the game from 4 
p.m. So if you are a Parramatta fan and you're up in the area or you're travelling to the game, head down to the Dog and Parrot Club. Get there before four and, uh, you know, you'll be with some like-minded fans. It's always good as an away uh, fans to be able to go, go to the game together. So check that out as well. Let's look at our other tweets. Uh, Pat at PyPat asks, do you think Wade Graham is an option to make cash with that massive score in his rolling average? Could be traded up in two weeks. And and I guess Pete, Andrew touched on it, the up and the down of it. Yes, he's due to make 38000 this week, another forty the week after. But um, he's, he's an origin player and, you know, is he going to be able to, to even do that again? I mean, they don't have... They've got even though the Dragons, you know, were pretty easy to score against last year, not as much this year. And then the Eels were very tough to score against the week after. Exactly. You have to think about these things, about such things, about their draw and so on. Um, and once again, he's he's not one of those players I'd I'd consider a real super coach, consistent gun. He's he's a great player generally on the field for for Cronulla. I, I really like him as a player actually. But uh, but yeah, I. Uh, it's, it's a good question, but for me, is a close call, but no, I, I don't think so. I would be looking at someone like we spoke about earlier, uh, like Elliot Whitehead for Canberra, who was doing uh, such a good job last year. Even though he had that low score last week, but you'd expect him to be more consistent now. Uh, he's back in the second row, probably. Well, speaking of Whitehead, you know, because he wasn't on the right edge, he was out of left centre, that defence, the Raiders' defence was a lot. You know, that they suffered. Soliola is a very good player, but that combination, Soliola, Austin, Leilua, Rapana, it didn't work defensively. Maloney was the one that essentially caused all the damage and Graham was the recipient. So just just be aware of that. Probably won't happen. And, and as much as we like to roll over cash, wait, you're probably not getting enough out of Wade Graham to do so and you're not getting a, a, the potential of a high enough score while he's in your lineup to do it. So I, I'd probably against that one, Pat. Um, James Back- Baxter asks, Hain to Lamb or Kiri? And is Hess a trap? I guess we'll start with the first part, Ryan. Hain to Lamb or Kiri? Um, they've yeah. both been going um, I think Kiri. Uh, uh, purely for, he gives you the best of both worlds. It's going to give you a really big bump um, cash-wise, but he's yeah, also bumps, um, on current form, he's going to get you some get you some big points as well. So um, if, you know, either way, it's really a win-win and yeah. you don't really get many of those. Is Hess, Hess a trap? I know we sort of spoke about it earlier. Oh, look, I don't think so. Um, it just depends on what your expectations are. He's a big lump. Um, he looks very good. And, and when we see these guys over the years and we've sort of targeted them nine times out of ten, they they make it. It might be a bit later than we expected. Bevan French, Josh Adokar, you know, but a lot of these guys, they come in and, and this guy made a great early impression and nothing's changed. Even last weekend against the Broncos, a very strong defensive team, just crashing through their, the tacklers like, you know, they were under 12s. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And he's a very good price at the moment at 243900 So um, I certainly don't think he's in the trap category at all. Um his price, his um, average price, uh, points might come down, um, but geez, at the moment he looks he looks the goods. And Gav asks Lamb Kiri, who is the better cow? I guess Ryan's an- answered that by saying Kiri. I think, and I kind of agree. You get that price 
rise a similar one, but he's going to do better for your actual team. And the consistency, the Roosters really look like they're playing a great grand, brand of footy. Kiri, he stands in behind the line almost like a Tedesco, you know, in a, at a fullback role behind the ruck, and he comes on second receiver. He's almost unstoppable. Um, it's, it's quite good to watch. I did a bit of research potentially for a for an article, uh, just an NRL article this week about Luke Kiri and went through the t- videotape and took out some screenshots. It's quite interesting to see how they play Luke Kiri. Trent Robertson, he's a real innovator as a coach. He's done a great job and, and super coach wise I think he should. it's going to take a little bit before they know how to stop him, the opponent, the opposing coaches. Uh, Jono has another question for us in our regular tweets segment. Um, are people trading out Hayne to get Norman? I'm asking because I don't have Hayne. I can't really fit him in. I've got Thurston and Johnson. And Andrew, I guess in this conundrum, maybe the luck of not Norman not playing this week, you can try to get some extra money, you know, um, to get him in the week after, but probably not trading out for Thurston Johnson, even though he's looking really, really good. Yeah, I mean, Norman, he, he was on fire, wasn't he? Until this, um, until his hammy, but three hundred sixty-seven thousand. I think Haynes in the mid two hundreds, I believe. That's just off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're going to have to make a little bit of money somewhere. So I guess you might have to, yeah. If he doesn't have Sully, it's it's really tricky, isn't it? So yeah, Norman was an obvious choice for um, you know, trying to bring bring him in this weekend, especially with his buy schedule. Um, well, I think he's, kind of he's saying he doesn't want to lose Thurston or Johnson and he can't fit him in price-wise, but maybe he can juggle a couple of trades this week. Not well, I, I think the, the, exactly the, the money for next round. He, him, yeah, him being out with a hammy this, um, this weekend is really a blessing in disguise for all those guys trying to get Norman in. Um, they can maybe try and get some money this weekend and then, uh, you know, trade up from Hayne because Hayne has been pretty unimpressive, if I'm honest. And, um, yeah, he doesn't look like he's going to get any better anytime soon. I mean, he's probably going to, you know, make an idiot of me when he comes back. But, you know, trading up to Norman from Hayne is a good decision. But, John, not owning Hayne... Maybe I'm assuming he owns a guy like Jay Field or Riley Jacks or maybe Brock Lamb. So he may even have to rejig things a bit more to get to that point where he can afford Norman. But I think it could be worth it. I, can, I honestly think it could be worth it to have four gun halves when all is said and done. I think so too, especially Kiri, with Norman, someone Thurston, like Johnson, you know, Moylan. Yeah, Johnson, Norman, you know, they're not going to play Origin and, and there's enough um, good halves around that are constantly you know, putting up big scores that you can, you know, carry for and and rely on for to get you through. Be careful what you say. The way Norman's going, he might play Origin. One injury could be yeah, worse. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, um, S at E Rascals asks, is Cardi to Ponga too much of a risk? It is playing manly. Pete, what do you make of that? I mean, you could save a bunch of cash going from Bryce Cartwright to Caelan Ponga, but we did stay earlier. You know, Ponga's looking the goods. We did. Yeah, and as we keep saying, they're up against Manly this week. Um, you know, what's what's the long-term prospects? It depends. It may depend a little on the on the injury to Lachlan Coot, of course, as to how long how long did we say the Coot is out for. Yeah, we don't have um, a lot of info. Just a week, potentially, but... But Winterstone's yeah. got a broken arm, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, so, I mean, oh, that's just... right. 
Yeah, so it could open up a bit of a spot there for Ponga. And, and once again, he played, I think, one or two games at the end of last year and, and looked the goods. Um, he's a great player. As I said, if you can... It's a, it's a tricky swap, though, when you're talking Bryce Cartwright for him. Um, well, you'd hope maybe a Boyd Cordner or a Simon Mannering, you know, mm. you could get in there um, along with Ponga for a different, for a cheaper player, you know, now a double trade. Absolutely, yeah, well, exactly. Well, we're talking about... Um, what about Cohen Hess? Earlier in the show. Was... Yeah, Cohen Hess for Bryce Cartwright. Absolutely. That would be a much better idea, I think, rather than, than what the... Than what the listener was saying there is it yeah a good question though all right guys i hope we've been able to get through everything another jam-packed show i, I just wonder if there ever won't be one you know when we get a quiet a week and there's a bunch of injuries or team changes and this is a big one and look if we've missed anything feel free to to tweet us any more questions right up to lockout you know at supercoach pros i know with me the trades i'll be waiting to the last minute before I decide on what trades I'm going to make, if any, this round. It's definitely a, a strange old season when you're looking at round two going into round three and not really having to make a lot of adjustments, but a good problem to have because if you can save the trades, they could come in handy later on, of course, even in overall. I am Pauly G. That does it for the show. Paul Krasetka and Ryan MS, thank you very much for tonight. No worries at all. Talk to you next week. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Pete, are you heading out to the uh, Dragons game this week? I've yet to make a decision on that one. We'll see. Um, heading my yeah, I'll, I'll try my best to get there, but yeah, we'll just depend. But I'll be watching it regardless. Well, thank you very much, Peter Henscombe, as always. And, of course, Andrew Mollin-Rolly, thank you, man. I know you're not flying to uh, Townsville, but uh, that's the beauty no, of the No, no, um, yeah, but oh, I could be in field position by half-time, but, um, <laughs> yeah, wish us luck. <laughs> All right, and make sure you download the podcast on iTunes or at the website, www.supercoachpros.com, and read those articles on there, especially the recaps and the previews, and my blog as well. And we'll see you next week. Bye for now.